Hey everyone, happy Palm Sunday. So good to be with you today. Excited to have you with us. And we're gonna preach the word of God, but today we're celebrating the week leading up to Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection. And just like in the video you just watched, Jesus began this week by entering into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey as people cried out and celebrated him. And we're gonna read that piece of scripture right here from Luke chapter 19. And we're just gonna kind of study this and talk about what we can learn from this passage and apply to our lives. It says this, after telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. I love this part real quick. This is like the original Jedi mind trick, okay? It's like in Star Wars, you guys know, like Obi-Wan Kenobi was all, these aren't the droids you're looking for, right? And this is what happened right here. The disciples did that. They're just like, the Lord needs it. You know, like if I was in your driveway boosting your car and you're like, what are you doing, Ryan? I'd be like, the Lord needs it. I, I just, I love this part of scripture. I think it's funny. And so here's what it says, verse 35. So they brought the cult to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. And they said this, they said, blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into tears. I think about Jesus entering into Jerusalem on the back of this donkey, knowing that every step closer to the city was a step closer to his own suffering, crucifixion, and death. I, I can't imagine what it would have been like as this donkey was heading towards Jerusalem down from the Mount of Olives, knowing, man, as I get closer to Jerusalem, I'm coming closer to my own death. I wanna talk to you today about how to keep going when you know it'll hurt. How to keep going when you know it'll hurt. I remember when I was a young guy, I was a soldier in the US Army Airborne School. That's where they teach you how to jump out of airplanes and live through it. And in the second week of airborne school, we had to run and it was a formation run. So we we're all packed close together and you had to run in sync. And what I, I did is I got distracted and I was looking over to the side and I didn't realize the person in front of me had stopped running. The whole formation had stopped running. And so I kind of crashed into the person in front of me, which would just be embarrassing. But the problem was my foot came down on top of his foot and I rolled my ankle worse than I had I had ever sprained my ankle my entire life. I actually felt ligaments pop. And so I kind of came over to the side of the road and, and I'm over there like, oh my gosh, what should I do? What should I do? And I, in that moment, I knew if I didn't keep running, I wouldn't be able to continue on in the school and graduate. So I ended up running two more miles on this sprained ankle. And I'll tell you what, as soon as I stopped running, that thing swole up like you would not believe from my toes up to my knees. But I'll be honest, 
I know it wasn't probably the best move medically, yet I don't regret finishing that race. I don't regret finishing the run because I think I would have looked back on it and, ha- and regretted giving up. See, going forward when you know it'll hurt isn't always easy. I feel like lately with some of the things that are going on in our nation and in our world, there are people asking the question, how are we supposed to keep going? It's one thing to keep going forward when you feel like the end is just around the corner. And so you're like, I'm, a, I'm almost there. I'm almost to the finish line. It's another thing when you know it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, right? How do you keep going when you know it'll probably get worse before it gets better? That's exactly what Jesus was dealing with on Palm Sunday. As he's going closer towards Jerusalem and closer towards his destiny, he knew that one day he would rise from the dead and defeat death, but it was going to get worse before it got better. How do you keep going when you know it's going to hurt? I'm going to give you three things today that will be keys that will help you to keep moving forward even though you know it's gonna be difficult. It might even get worse before it gets better. But here's the first thing. You gotta listen to the voice that called you instead of the crowd that calls out to you. Here's Jesus going forward on Palm Sunday. So I got my palm branch. It's, it's big. It's way bigger than, than any palm branch should be. But here, here is, here's the thing. Palm Sunday, all the people are waving their palm branches before Jesus. And this is what they did. In Old Testament times, a palm branch was a symbol of royalty. It was a symbol of blessing and prosperity and steadfastness. So palm branches were decorations used in many ways. They were on the doors of the temple. They were on coins. So palm branches, they were used commonly to welcome kings. And the people were actually calling out, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They were echoing Psalm 118, which was really foretelling of the Messiah that would come one day. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. That's why the Pharisees told Jesus to rebuke the people. They didn't want the people recognizing Jesus as king. And he said, hey, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. That's why we've got to praise Jesus, right? Like if we don't praise him, the rocks are going to cry out. That's why at Generation Church, we always want to praise Jesus and give him the praise that he deserves. But here are all these people crying out, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus knew as great as that moment was, the same people who called out Hosanna would be the ones crying out, crucify him just a few days later which serves to highlight the inconsistencies of the voices in the crowd. That's why we can't listen to the crowd. We have to listen to the voice that called us. The crowd is filled with a lot of voices right now. The crowd around us, there's people calling out and there's the doomsday guy who will tell you all the ways that we're going to die and he's negative and he's pessimistic and he's the glass half empty guy. There's the head in the sand guy who acts like nothing is wrong and there's nothing to worry about. There are doctors trying to keep us safe and secure. And we love doctors. Like we're grateful for doctors, right? But I'll be honest, sometimes the safe thing to do is not always the right thing to do. Doctors would have told Jesus that Jerusalem was very bad for his health and they would have been medically right, but missionally wrong. He had to go forward because his mission required him to go headfirst into danger and accept the risk. You got your own voice sometimes. 
that's messing with you and saying things depending on the day and how the wind is blowing and how you're feeling. One day, you might be encouraging yourself and feeling pretty good about life. And another day, you might be discouraging yourself and maybe even taking yourself down a path that you know isn't right. The voice that you follow will determine the course of your life. So what voice are you going to follow? The voice of popular opinion, your own ideologies, or are you gonna listen to the one who called you? That's what Jesus did. He, know, he knew who called him. He knew the Father God had chosen him for this purpose. It says in Luke chapter nine, a voice came from the cloud, that's God the Father speaking from heaven in an audible way that people could hear. And he said about Jesus, this is my son whom I have chosen. Yeah. Earlier in scripture, God spoke over Jesus at his baptism and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Amen. Jesus knew exactly what God the Father said about him. So he knew who he was. That allowed him to focus in on the voice that mattered and not listen to the voices in the crowd. That's what we've got to learn to do ourselves. We've got to go back to what God said because the beautiful thing is that through our faith in Jesus, we now share in his position. We stand in his authority. We benefit from his achievements. So that means that you're called. It means you've been anointed. And because you've been anointed with the grace you need, you can make it through this season, just the way that Jesus had grace for his season. So as Jesus was going towards Jerusalem, he knew that that's where he would be hurt and arrested, beaten, whipped, crucified. He knew how painful it would be, but he kept going. He kept going forward knowing it would hurt. And here's the second thing. In order to do that, you've got to learn how to see past your temporary suffering. Jesus knew he was going to suffer. Jesus knew it was going to happen. It was going to be difficult, but he had to look past that. There's a psychological condition called stable attribution, which basically means you believe your situation is going to be that way forever. And we all know nothing lasts forever. As Bible says, you know, this too shall pass. But the psychologists will say that adolescents and teenagers especially will struggle with this. So when things are not going well, they'll be really discouraged because they, they don't realize like, hey, hey man, someday you're gonna get past this and it's gonna be in the rear view mirror. They'll just get discouraged. And, and, and honestly, I think all of us can suffer from this sometimes. We look at what's going on in our lives and we're tempted to believe, well, this is the way it's always gonna be. This is the new normal. I'll never get to go back to church physically. I'll never get out of my house again. I'll never have another job. I'll always be struggling. I'll always be nervous and afraid, wondering what the government's gonna tell me to do next. And that's just not the truth. It says this in 2 Corinthians 4.16. That is why we never give up. Why? That's a, good, that's a good question. Why do we never give up? It says, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. And in case you didn't know, if you're a human being, your body is ultimately dying. That's a condition that we all have. Like all of us are heading that way anyway. It says this in verse 17, our present troubles are small and won't last very long. I don't know a lot of Americans who would say that the troubles that we're going through today are small. 
But scripture puts this in perspective for us. Even going back 2,000 years ago, our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. That's just as true for our lives today. But look, there's a promise that says, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. It says, so we don't look at the troubles that we see now. We fix our, th- our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. That's what we all have to do. We have to look past the troubles that we see now and fix our gaze on the things that we cannot see right now. Because right, right now we're all struggling. Right now we're struggling and we're tempted to believe that this will last forever. And, and honestly, I'm concerned about our church. I'm concerned for you that as you're stressed right now, you could be tempted to cope with that stress in a way that's not healthy. You know, sometimes people, they try to cope with stress, doing things that might make them feel better for a moment, but cause more damage in the long run. Like struggling with substance, that might numb the pain for a moment, but it can cause more damage in the long run, can it? Or using pornography, it might make you feel better for a moment, but it's gonna lead you to a place of shame and suffering. You don't wanna go. Bursting out in anger, you might feel relieved in that moment, but it can cause real damage. I don't want you to give in to the temptation to just let go of control, right? Don't let go of of your long-term rewards for short-term relief. Maybe, Maybe you're stressed right now, maybe you're struggling, but keep your eyes set on the eternal long-term rewards. Don't get distracted by short-term suffering. Things that we're going through right now, it's not gonna last forever. So husbands, if you're watching this and you're a husband, your family is gonna remember the way that you led your family and that's gonna shape your family for generations. If you're a wife, the way that you support your husband right now will build a bond that's not gonna be easily broken. Your kids, parents, are gonna remember how you led them during this crisis. Your neighbors are gonna remember how you reached out and how you weathered this storm through your faith in Jesus. Keep going. Jesus knew what was ahead of him. As he went towards Jerusalem, he had read the Old Testament, right? He knew what it said in Isaiah 53, that as he went to his death, he was gonna be stricken. He was gonna be slaughtered, pierced, and crushed is what the Bible says, but yet he kept on going. Jesus knew my suffering will last for hours, but my reward will last forever. He kept going. He knew he was gonna suffer for a little while, but he was gonna give you eternal life that would last forever. What if he had chosen short-term relief over his long-term reward? And think about for you personally, the Bible says in James and in Revelation that Jesus is gonna give a crown of life to all saints who persevere. If you persevere in faith, even through times of trials and tribulations, Jesus is going to reward you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. So don't give in, don't look, don't let temporary suffering beat you down. Look past that. Keep your eyes fixed on what is eternal. And here's the third thing. You've gotta do this. If you're gonna keep going, even though you know it'll hurt, you've gotta learn that your great pain gives birth to greater purpose. 
Your great pain, even great pain will give birth to greater purpose. Any mom who's given birth knows it's painful. Well, at least, I don't know. They tell me that it's painful. I don't know. I've not personally experienced this. I have passed a couple kidney stones, but kidney stones are not as cute as babies. But moms will tell you it's worth it, right? That pain gives birth to purpose. And I think some people are in pain right now. They're mourning loss, the loss of normalcy, the loss of restaurants, uh, the, the loss for parents of watching their kids graduate in the senior year. Or I think about some dads, they're mourning the loss of baseball season, right? They're thinking about these things, the loss of a job, the loss of a dream, the loss of a retirement. And we're mourning these things in this legitimate pain, let alone the loss of loved ones who might actually be affected by the disease that we're dealing with right now. And as we struggle with this, it's tempting for us to ask God, why? Why are you letting me go through this? I don't like it. I don't like, I'll just say for me, I don't like it. I'm sick of it. I'm over it. Anybody else feel that way? Yeah. Well, ask God, why are you letting us go through this? And I just got to challenge you to think differently. Maybe God is allowing you to become uncomfortable so that someday in the future, you can be unshakable. I know it's hard right now. But God does not waste any suffering. We've got to keep going. If we keep going, following Jesus in faith, we know that God is going to bring purpose out of even great pain. That's what it says in Hebrews 12, verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. It says this about Jesus going towards his death. It says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. But then it looks forward to what was ahead of Jesus. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus endured the cross. He disregarded its shame. Why? Because of the joy awaiting him. Jesus wasn't looking forward to suffering. He wasn't looking forward to what he was going to have to go through. The Bible records as he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he actually prayed to God the Father and asked God, if it's at all possible, take this cup of suffering from me. And I'm sure that broke God's heart. But God loved you too much to take the cross from Jesus. Jesus had to suffer in order to fulfill his purpose. And I, I think Jesus, as he came down the Mount of Olives towards Jerusalem, it's likely he could have even seen the place that he would suffer and die. I don't know, but I do know that he could see the throne in heaven where he would rule and reign at the right hand of the Father. He was willing to suffer in order to unlock his purpose. He had to endure pain and death in order to fulfill his purpose. Without his death, he could not rise again. Without suffering, he could not bring salvation. Yes. Jesus knew that it would hurt, but he kept going forward and he rode into the city because he knew he would be rebirthed out of the tomb in glory, holding the keys of death and Hades. Yes. He rode into the city where people were crying out, Hosanna, he knew he was gonna suffer and soon he'd be the one crying out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But he did this because he wanted his reward. He wanted to fulfill his purpose. In case you didn't realize this, his purpose was you. 
His reward was you. The reason that he was willing to suffer temporarily was because he had his eyes set on his reward. You were and are his reward. Revelation tells us that one day in the future, after Jesus returns, there will be a great multitude gathered around the throne and the Lamb of God. And the Bible says that this will be us, all of us who are believers in Jesus from every nation dressed in white robes. And it says this, that we'll actually be holding palm branches in our hands celebrating the final victory that Jesus achieved. The first time that people welcomed Jesus with palm branches, it was kind of like a sick April Fool's joke. Right? This crowd welcomed him in that moment, but then they turned their backs on him just a few days later. But when we gather around Jesus in heaven with palm branches the next time, it will be a final victory. We'll be worshiping him the way that he deserves. I wanna encourage you if you're struggling today and if you're tempted to give up, don't. Keep going. Yeah, it might hurt. It could even get worse before it gets better. But keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Listen to the voice that called you. Know that God is going to bring purpose out of your pain. I'm going to pray for us. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for the faithfulness of Jesus. We need his example more than ever today. God, we look forward to the resurrection that we celebrate next week, but we can't look past the suffering that Jesus went through. It's so timely for our lives today. We know that in the example of Jesus, we can find the courage to continue forward, to continue moving towards what you've called us to. Lord, I pray for everybody who's watching today, wherever they're at, I pray that you give them courage. God, give them strength, fill their hearts with boldness. We know that you're in control and that you're for us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen.